Sangram here, super excited. On March 4th, we launched account-based marketing foundations course on LinkedIn in partnership with LinkedIn. There are 19 videos, four minutes and under. So literally in an hour, you can be account-based marketing certified if you have a LinkedIn account. So again, I don't need your email address or anything like that. You can literally go on LinkedIn. If you have a premium account, you can do it for free. If you don't have a premium account, then you can get a 30-day free subscription to that and they will let you take the course. And then you can put that certificate on your LinkedIn saying that you are account-based marketing certified. So good luck. Check it out. It's only going to last for 30 days. So I'm going to have this snippet run for the next few weeks and then it will be gone. So if you want to take this course for free, check it out, go. And this is going to make and change the way you do marketing in your organization. And there's so much great MarTech available there that really can help marketers get so much farther faster, but it won't help them do that if they really don't understand how to use it. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of Takeover Podcast. Steve Ott has been running this series, which is incredible all around the idea of how do you do ABM in large, complex technology firms. First of all, Steve, again, thank you so much for really raising your hand and doing this series and amazing interviews. Tell us a little bit more about Quarry and what do you do over there? And also, who do you plan to interview in this series? Right on. Thanks, Sangram. It's such a thrill to be here. Uh, I absolutely love what you do with this podcast and with everything else you're doing to evangelize ABM and the powerful transformation that ABM can bring to a B2B organization when it's done really well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I've had the great fortune of working with Corey for the last year now. Corey is one of North America's leading B2B marketing agencies, specifically a demand marketing agency that does really sophisticated demand generation, and in particular, account-based marketing. And Corey really focuses on large enterprise technology firms, software, telecom, IT infrastructure, and other areas like that. They do some really amazing work. And uh, this gives us tremendous sight into what great looks like in Mm -hmm. ABM. And the topic of today's episode is really what what does it mean to go from good to great? You know, I think we're past the point where most large B2B organizations are doing some kind of ABM and many of them are doing it pretty well. But what's next? How do they go beyond? How do they go from good to great? And that's what we're going to talk about. My guest today is my colleague at Quarry, Meredith Fuller. And Meredith is Managing Director of Buyer Engagement. And she is our leading expert on ABM and an absolute wealth of insight into how ABM is maturing in these large organizations. Meredith and I dig into a number of areas around deep personalization, around 
huge improvements in targeting, in, in account coverage and contact coverage and all sorts of other areas, all coming back to the idea of how do we take a good ABM program and make it great. I love that. So I'm a huge fan of Jim Collins and I know that's where the good to great come from. And I've been lately talking about this idea of maturity curve, uh, which really gets into what you and Meredith are about to go in. So I can't wait to hear this. Let's go. Hello, Flip My Funnel. Thanks for joining us again today. And as part of our series of talks about enterprise ABM, I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast, Meredith Fuller. She's the Managing Director of Buyer Engagement at Quarry. Now, before Meredith steps in here, I just want to take a minute to give you a little bit of background here. So about a year ago, I met Meredith and the rest of the leadership team at Quarry. And I was immediately struck by the quality and, and the amazing sophistication of not only the general demand generation work that they were doing, but specifically the account-based marketing. It was more strategically sophisticated, more technologically sophisticated, and ultimately for their clients, more impactful than anything I'd seen anywhere else. And I was like, I, I got to get in on this. So I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to work with Quarry, and I have been doing that over the past year. And I continue to be absolutely blown away by, by the quality of the ABM work being done here. And it's really cool to see it being recognized in the market as well. The B2B marketing benchmark report just came out. Not only is Quarry listed as one of the top agencies in North America, but the only agency singled out for specialist expertise in ABM. And I'm really happy about that. I'm excited about that. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the show, Meredith Fuller. Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate the kudos. And uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about the recognition and the benchmarking report as well. But more than anything, we're just really excited about great account-based work we get to do with great clients. So uh, keen to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, Meredith and I, uh, naturally, we spent a little bit of time planning what we were going to cover here. I mean, really, we could talk for hours about ABM, but we really wanted to make sure that this was valuable for all the listeners. And we kept coming back to this idea of good to great or, or going beyond or, or taking ABM to the next level. I, I think it's fair to say that many organizations and certainly many large enterprise B2B organizations have been doing some kind of ABM over the last few years and some of them doing it quite well. Yeah. But where, where Corey really excels and where you personally have a ton of experience, Meredith, is in taking that to the next level and, and, and really upping their game. And I want to go through a few different areas in which that's true mm -hmm. and uh, have you elaborate on, on sort of uh, what you're doing there and, sure. and what really excellence looks like. Sure. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to speak about that. As I said, I think, you know, we get to do great work with great clients. And one of the things that we're always excited about is when we can help them, you know, take their game up a level, sort of ratchet up what they're doing in terms of certainly outcome, but to get to those next level outcomes, you know, looking at the sophistication um, all through their account-based journey from strategy through execution. And so I think we can talk a little bit about, you know, where and how we've been able to support clients on that journey. That would be great. You know, we probably should back up just a little bit. <laughs> Tell us just a little bit about Quarry 
and what kind of clients you work sure, with. Sure, sure. So Quarry is a demand marketing agency, and we are specifically focused on B2B tech firms. And when we say B2B tech, that can be, you know, within hardware, software, IT services, SaaS, telecommunications, networking, et cetera. So sort of the big, the big umbrella of tech, but really focused on B2B. And I think one of the things that, you know, we've done is a conscientious, in terms of a conscientious decision to focus on that sector is to dive really deeply into understanding the buying decisions and importantly, the buyers behind those decisions from a B2B tech purchase perspective. So, you know, I think the value that we deliver having that understanding, have that hyper-focus is something that our clients are realizing the benefit of for sure. I think the other thing that we've done certainly over the past sort of four or five years is actually recognize that account base is such a fantastic way to drive demand. And as you know, so many marketers have recognized that, that, you know, account-based isn't so much about, well, you know, why account-based? It's just now how to account-based. And as you know, we're going to discuss how to account-based at sort of that, you know, optimal level. So it's been a lot of time, effort, and expertise trying to dive deeply and broadly into account-based to, to benefit our clients. One of the areas where I know you've done some really leading work is in the area of ideal account profiles. Mm -hmm. Now, every organization doing ABM, obviously, they focus on making sure that they're targeting the right accounts. And they generally are going to bring some data into play. They're going to be talking with their sales team. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they're using some some tools, some predictive analytics or something else to, to sharpen things up. And then ultimately, they come to some conclusions about what their ideal account profile looks like. But you and your team have taken that to a higher level. Tell tell us how you do that. Yeah, so I think there's a few things that, um, you know, we bring to bear. First of all, I I agree with you. I think a lot of firms now really do, and and marketers understand that there are some terrific technologies out there that can really help them make data-driven and objective decisions about who to target. So, of course, that sales input is super valuable and sales view and perspective. Of course, those sort of, you know, typical firmographic or explicit traits as you're trying to narrow down your target, folks understand. And as you note, that adoption of intent and predictive certainly, um, I think, has, you know, come along, particularly in the last number of months. It's not sort of the foreign concepts that they were when these technologies really first came onto the scene. I think what we do a great job of, however, is being really smart about almost the order of operations in terms of using those technologies, as well as things like triggers, as well as behavioral indicators, and where and when and how to to layer all those filters so that you really are focusing your efforts in on the best leads, those accounts that are sort of, you know, most likely to engage and to move along the buyer journey. And certainly that could be current customers and that can be prospects as well. And I think that's the other thing is that folks recognize that any of those technologies can be applied to current customers as successfully as they can be applied to prospects. So it really is, I think, our sort of the the theory and the best practice we apply in terms of bringing all those technologies together to make sure that the order of operations is, is working sort of in its optimal format. But then also from an actual technological standpoint, we have a crackerjack team of, uh, you know, data scientists and data analysts who do a phenomenal job of really digging deeply 
into that information and not just using it to inform account selection, but then being really smart actually about the context at the accounts as well. And as you know, folks recognize with account base, you want to make sure that you're getting that coverage within those targeted accounts as, uh, as well. That's as important as identifying the accounts. It's making sure that you're reaching the folks who matter within those accounts. And I think that's another sort of next step in terms of setting yourself up for success from an account-based standpoint, that Corey does an exceptional job of helping our clients really understand and, you know, reach the folks who matter. All right. I want to unpack that just a little bit. So you mentioned predictive, and I think in simplest terms, that's kind of lookalike accounts, right? Accounts that look like your existing accounts. I know it gets a lot more sophisticated than that, but a bit basic level, that's what predictive is doing. Tell us about intent data, because that's another layer that you, sure. you you bring in. Sure. So there's, you know, a number of intent providers out there, um, for sure. And really what they do is they do a phenomenal job of sort of searching and assessing and evaluating digital online behaviors of an account vis-a-vis some particular and relevant terms to your products, your business, your brand, what have you, whatever it is that you're looking to put into market, the intent providers do an assessment to understand, well, who's surging on those topics? Who's surging on the terms that seem to be most relevant to what you are delivering? What that actually is an indicator of or representative of is the fact that there is an interest or that suggests that there is a keenness or an interest at that account for that particular product, service, what have you, offering at that particular time. So what intent does a great job of is layering in that idea of sort of timeliness and relevancy over top of that predictive assessment in terms of who would be your best customer, who would be most likely to convert. Great, that's a terrific filter. Then let's understand of those who's actually leaning forward right now, who really is in a buying position or has a buying posture right now about what you might offer, because of course, it makes sense to hit those people first and foremost, or you know, target those accounts as a priority. Okay, so that's predictive and that's intent. Mm-hmm. Now you also layer in behavioral data. Sure. And am I correct that that's really those who are engaging with your own web properties? Absolutely. So it's yet another indication that not only... Are they the right kind of company? Not only are they generally seeming to be in market for something Mm -hmm. like what you offer, Mm -hmm. but they actually know who you are. Yes. And I would actually expand it beyond saying not just engage with your web properties. It's engaged with anything that you put in market. So perhaps you have an inbound play. Perhaps you have you know, a content syndication program, perhaps you have digital ads, perhaps they're actually engaging on your social channels. It's sort of anything that they're doing that suggests that they're, or that demonstrates that they are engaging specifically with you is that behavioral filter. And then the last filter that we look at is this trigger filter. And that's sort of a new or a different one, perhaps that folks aren't as familiar with. And what we view as a trigger filter is anything that's happening at the organizational level that might suggest there's a propensity to initiate a search or do investigation or evaluate existing vendors or what have you in your area. So maybe an explicit example might help. You know, we have a networking client and some of the triggers that we look at when we're figuring out who targets specifically for their account-based place is, has there been an acquisition by an account in the last three to six months? Has there been a new CIO or CTO appointed in the last sort of three to six months? Have they actually announced an expansion or new, you know, office openings? 
any of those organizational activities often are precursors to an evaluation of that company's networking partner, networking provider, because it's an opportunity to say, hey, we need more, we need better, we need other, whatever it is. So looking at organizational triggers that might suggest that there's a propensity for your offering, your service, your product is, a, again, another layer that makes sense to, to, to put into play when you're you know, narrowing down and prioritizing your key accounts for your account-based program. Nice. And that certainly goes beyond the sort of firmographics and technographics and, and basic work that is, is sort of foundational to Absolutely. ABM. The other thing I just wanted to note is that I think one thing that sometimes gets missed is that that intent activity in particular, that trigger activity, the behavioral activity, and even the predictive for sure, shouldn't just remain at the level or at the register where it's helping you identify and prioritize accounts, making sure that you actually pull that insight all the way through into your message delivery is really important because it gives you so much rich intelligence about what folks at that account are leaning forward on. What are their hot button items? What are their issues? What are their challenges? What are their needs? And making sure you use that intelligence and reflect it smartly in your account-based you know, content messages, what have you, is, you know, additional benefit that you'll draw from working through those assessments at the front end of the campaign. That sounds like a good segue into another area where I know you and your team really push beyond common practice, and that's around personalization. <laughs> I, I hear the term around here a lot of deep personalization. Right. What does that mean? Sure. So I think, you know, a lot of the folks who listen to this podcast would recognize that we're now at a level of sophistication where there's almost an expectation around, I would say, table stakes personalization. So that is the email that you get or the landing page where your name has been pre-populated, you know, your organization's name is in there. Perhaps even there's been some image changes, for example, that are reflective of your particular vertical or what have you. I think that sort of, you know, basic level of personalization is becoming more and more pervasive and folks get that and they understand how to do that. And again, there's so many technologies out there that actually make that fairly straightforward to do. What I refer to in terms of deep personalization is, is really kicking that up a notch and making sure, and I'll unpack it in a moment in terms of how you do this, but making sure that not only are you personalizing at that level, but you're actually really understanding based upon the cues that you get from behaviors and from some of the technologies I, I was just speaking to, you are delivering highly relevant and highly timely messages. So by that, for example, I was point to the HCM cloud campaign we actually ran for Oracle. What we did as part of the back end for that campaign was we actually ran as an intention assessment on the key accounts that they were targeting to understand, again, what topics were those key accounts surging on. And then based upon that intention, based upon that interest was being that was being shown, we actually dynamically altered the messages and the landing page content for the actual experience delivered to those accounts. So if the accounts seem to be leaning forward on technologies to support recruiting efforts, then that would be the message that a recruiting message and outline or overview of the HCM cloud product would be what got sort of primacy in terms of the outreach, both in the email and then the landing page for that particular account. So again, that, that timeliness is really critical, I think, from a personalization standpoint. And then the relevancy for sure. 
the other thing that we've done when you speak about depersonalization is that we've actually been able to successfully move beyond just having personalization delivered at sort of that email or landing page experience and brought it all the way through, for example, an ebook where once the individual, you know, clicked through their email, got to the landing page and then downloaded the ebook, even the internal pages of the ebook were personalized. We actually were able to, you know, scrape a screen cap of the landing page of that target account and have it visible in the desktop computer and the image in the book. So just taking it all the way through so that folks feel like you really are paying attention to them, you understand their business, et cetera. And, and that's actually scalable, which is, I think, the other exciting thing is that folks are wanting to ensure that whatever personalization they're delivering can be delivered at scale because, you know, very easy to do when it's a one-to-one campaign. But when you start to think about personalization for one to few and one to many, you want to still be able to deliver as much as possible a highly personalized and customized experience. And I know that Kelvin G from Oracle, who you mm-hmm. worked with on mm-hmm. that account, on that uh, campaign rather, has spoken about it at a number of conferences yes. recently, and it was a huge pipeline number that came out of that. Was it? Was yeah, it, was it actually, six, six million dollars out, out of one hundred and nine accounts. Was it? Yeah, you've got it. And actually, the original target for pipeline from that particular program was five million. So the fact that we bested it by a million <laughs> made you know fairly happy folks client side, and certainly you know very proud folks on the quarry side that we were able to to support that kind of result. Nice. Now, there's been a lot of talk about technology so far, but we haven't (laughs) talked specifically about how you kind of harness all of this. Mm -hmm. And I know that an area where a lot of organizations struggle, and I I think probably especially really large organizations struggle, is in really optimizing their tech stack. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they have a lot of great tools, but they're underutilized or Mm -hmm. they're utilized in a compartmentalized way. And now you come along and say, okay, we should also be doing, you know, intent and predictive (laughs) and behavior and all this other stuff. You got to get in there and help them sort this out from a technology. You you can't just hand off a playbook or a strategy document. You got to get in there and help them with this technology, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, a few things I would observe there. So first, again, I, you know, I just want to give great kudos to the folks on the team here. We have some, you know, self-proclaimed geeks and who really love geeking out on the technology. And there's so much great MarTech available there that really can help marketers get so much farther faster, but it won't help them do that if they really don't understand how to use it or how to integrate the technologies or where and how and what data needs to get passed from platform to platform to platform, or even the order of operations in terms of, again, when do you employ certain technologies versus other technologies? So, you know, we find that there's a number of sort of key points where we have organizations or or clients bring us in or prospects come to us. So one absolutely is that call for help where they say, look, you know, we've made these purchases, we have these platforms, we just really don't think we're getting the full ROI out of them. And we aren't quite sure how we need to knit them together and what those integration points are. So absolutely, you know, helping them both sort of from a strategic and best practice level, but also from an actual, you know, technological integration level and getting in there and getting into the systems and help ensure that they work together you know, that's absolutely a a sort of a big opportunity where clients have found that Corey's been of of great assistance. The other area, actually, interestingly, when you talk about enterprises, you know, sometimes enterprises get get handcuffed 
because they have lengthy procurement cycles. It's very difficult for them to sort of just bring in a technology to trial or for a pilot because of the, you know, the various internal sort of red tape and protocols and hoops they need to jump through. So something else that Corey's done is we actually have a quite a, you know, a deep and broad list of technology partners, some terrific partners and names you would know them, you know, the Mintigo, Bombora and others. And we actually allow our clients to access that technology through us. So for some enterprises, it's much easier actually for them to use the technology if it's on our papers. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just another way we can help from a technological standpoint. So they don't have to take on a contract no, with Vidyard or Uberflip exactly. or Mintigo or somebody right out of the gate. No. They can kind of lean on the quarry stack, prove the use prove case, the and then they go ahead and purchase yeah. that technology for themselves. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've had conversations with um, some marketers, especially those who are sort of early days in their account-based journey, is that it really is crawl, walk, run. So if part of your crawl and walk is actually having an opportunity to trial some technologies before you commit fully to licensing them annually or what have you, that's that's just a smart way to do it and make sure you know how the things work, the value that they can, can deliver for you. And wherever we're able to help clients do that, we're, we're thrilled. And then by the time they, if they do decide to then take on that contract with one of those technologies themselves, by then their, their people are already ramped oh, up. Yeah. So people they, they kind of hit the ground running. And they have the data points and the proof of the value and the return that they can take to whomever, you know, needs to sign off on the actual license or to procurement and justify what have you. That That's all there for them then to point to, which helps make that much faster. Now, Going back a few minutes when you mentioned that Oracle HCM campaign, that was about Greenfield mm-hmm. new logo acquisition. That's not the only use case for no, ABM, obviously. In fact, in some organizations, that's not the point at all. What are you seeing? Is it a, a completely robust mix of organizations that are focused on Greenfield versus some sort of pursuit marketing mm-hmm. or funnel augmentation versus those that are really in the share of wallet expansion game. What are you seeing when you look across the clients that you work with? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would observe that the clients that we have who have been doing account base for a little while, at least, are actually looking at account based um, both for Greenfield and upsell cross-sell opportunities. So they recognize that there is a lot of, again, you know, great data-driven insight and, and information that can be derived about cross or yeah, customers and prospects. And then that can be used to sort of drive and, and support specific campaigns. The other thing I think that, you know, a lot of these clients are doing is they're actually looking at what are their business imperatives? We, you know, what are the business goals from the organization? And that actually, in many instances, is driving actually where they're putting their account-based focus. So if they ha- it's an organization where, you know, it is all about new logo and driving revenue from Greenfield accounts, then that may be where they're starting with the focus of their account base. Or if it's, you know, really about churn reduction, you know, investment protection, lifetime driving, lifetime customer value, for example, then folks are, are focusing their account base that way. So I would say, you know, in an ideal world, it, it's going to map directly and align directly to your business imperatives. And it's certainly not limited, I guess, to just new local, which may be sort of a perception that I think, you know, permeated in the early days of account base when folks really started to think about it. Right. Changing gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Serious decisions data shows that 
the fastest growing B2B firms are much more likely to partner with agencies in their growth versus their slower growing or non-growing peers. I'm not entirely sure if that's a correlation or a causation thing, but it, it seems pretty clear in serious decisions data that this is this is a thing. I'm wondering what your take mm-hmm. on your, what your take is on that. Why do so many of the most successful and, and fastest growing B2B firms lean on agencies? Yeah, so great question. I think more than anything, it's because this is what we agencies need to be and work hard at being kick-ass at. I mean, we are all about making sure we are ahead of the curve in terms of our expertise and our experience with you know new and emerging marketing best practices. And account base has probably been the biggest thing to hit B2B marketing in the last number of years. And of course, a lot of that has been driven through, you know, and thanks to a lot of the technologies that are now available. But, you know, it is our business and our success is predicated on our ability to be, you know, as I mentioned off the top, sort of deep experts and broad experts when it comes to account base. And, you know, the marketers and enterprises, they have day jobs. They have a lot of things on their plate. They have a lot of other things they need to be doing and be responsible for from a demand gen, you know, perspective generally, that they don't always have that luxury of time to to dive deeply and become, you know, sort of deep-seated experts. So I would say that what agencies could and should be bringing to the table is that depth of expertise and that breadth of expertise. And, And when I say breadth, I really mean from strategy through creative, through technology, through execution. I you know, that really is what I think you're, you should be looking for in an agency partner, somebody who gets all those elements of account based and understands how they all need to fit together to stand up a, a terrific account based program. Modern marketing agencies have certainly gone a long way beyond creative and content houses. I, I think that that's something that's a bit of a misunderstanding in some people's minds. Certainly, mm-hmm. some people I've spoken to they say, well, we don't need an agency. We've got an internal content team. We've got a creative team. We don't need that help. And then when you start talking about strategy and technology integration and all of this, and then it's kind of like, okay, now I get it. You you guys do a lot more than content and and creative and not just Corey. I mean, that's that's the reality for Mm -hmm. modern marketing agencies and demand-driven agencies. How do you choose? Like, how would someone who recognizes that they either want to accelerate or de-risk or otherwise improve their account-based marketing capabilities, how do you go about choosing an agency? Yeah, so that's a good question. I, I think, and of course I have a bias, but I do think making sure that you're signing up with an agency partner who really does understand account base all the way from strategy through execution. And, and to, to, to fill in some of the blanks sort of on that, on that spectrum, I am talking about, you know, really understanding deeply how to select accounts, prioritize accounts, and use technology to do that in a really smart way. How to, um, you know, layer in that account coverage and making sure that you're actually reaching out to those 
key contacts, those business decision makers, influencers, black hatters, you know, the direct buyers, the indirect buyers, etc. It is about that actual, you know, creative concept for sure that holds the orchestration and engagement together. It is about the actual engagement program itself, multi-channel. So we are talking online, offline, you know, outbound and inbound. What does that entire experience look like? All the technology that needs to underpin the delivery of that experience end to end. Uh, you know, somebody who can deliver the content and the copy and do the asset creation. And then really importantly, somebody who gets what needs to happen in terms of that sales and marketing integration throughout as well. You know, what conversations need to be had? Who are the stakeholders that need to be at the table? At what points? What's the responsibility marketing has? What's the responsibility sales has? What's the responsibility marketing ops, sales ops, customer service, executive leadership needs? You know, ideal scenario, even if you only need the agency to support in one or two or of those areas, having an agency partner, though, who gets the whole big picture ensures that even if you're only pulling on them for one lever or two levers or what have you, that they'll do a great job of supporting you in those areas because they really do understand what needs to happen end to end. So I guess I would say, you know, Make sure, even if you're just looking for an agency for some strategic support, that they still understand the nuances and the details of, you know, standing up an account-based program and the technological support and the execution that support that'll be required. Or if you only need somebody from an execution standpoint, make sure they get the, you know, sort of account-based strategy, account-based best practices overall, so that at the end of the day, again, you are getting best in class, best of breed. And I think that's part of what's going to help to take you from good to great. Are the days of agency of record over this idea that mm. you would have one agency and for many years they would be your, right. your everything. And then, you know, someday you toss them out and you bring in another AOR. And, and are we now in a more of a best in breed kind of environment, generally speaking, where you bring in specialists mm-hmm. for particular mm-hmm. needs and then I imagine that then those relationships sometimes grow more broadly Mm -hmm, based mm -hmm, on based mm -hmm. on that success. But do you find that most of your client engagements start with a very specific need in a specific Mm -hmm. area or do they start as like help us across the board? Yeah, so good question. Um, I would I wouldn't say that AOR is dead, but I would say that perhaps compared to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there is a lot more, um, or the majority of work really is more project-based work or campaign-based work where you may sort of land and expand the support that you're providing to a client across, say, multiple campaigns or across multiple teams or what uh, across multiple sort of marketing disciplines and marketing channels. So I would say it's definitely swung that way. And I think, you know, the upside for the client is that it does give them that flexibility to really pull in the agency where they most need that support and, and an agency that has in particular the skills that they really themselves aren't able to provide. So I think there's a lot of benefit to the client from an agency perspective, you know, For us, the more we know and understand about the client's business, that intelligence is so much what, you know, what we love to be able to leverage in doing more work or working with them time and time and time again. So that creates a little bit of leverage and value there above and beyond just the particular, you know, craft expertise or account-based expertise we might bring to the table. Meredith, thank you so much for joining us today. Meredith Fuller, Managing Director, Buyer Engagement at Quarry. 
Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.